Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. So it is Wednesday, October 28th, and southern Louisiana is being threatened by impact of Hurricane Zeta due to make landfall Wednesday night. This has literally got to be the fifth time this year that we have been affected by a hurricane. So with that being said, my thoughts and prayers go out to all of you living in southern Louisiana and the Gulf Coast states. May you weather through the storm. It's definitely my opinion anyway that we are living in the end times. Speaking of, especially this time of year, it seems that Paranormal activity seems to skyrocket, usually in between October and January 1st. So with that being said, that's going to be part of our topic today. What we're going to do is we're going to go over some of the emails that I have received here in the past month of people claiming to be affected by paranormal activity in one way or the other, and we're going to discuss on possible solutions to their problem. All right, so I'm going to read an email here. I'm not going to give any names. It says, hi, Jeremy. So I have a change of events from my past messages to you. I mentioned that I have a roommate who I believe has some demonic attachments. I don't know if he is possessed or oppressed or what. Just know that there is something surrounding him. The reason that I am positive of this is because of the experiences that my daughter and I have had with him. He talks to himself and has told my child that he has an imaginary friend. A few months ago, my daughter and I were sitting in our living room, which is directly connected to the kitchen, and we heard him, the roommate, go into the kitchen. It sounded like the roommate, had company because my daughter and I could hear him speaking to another man. She asked me who my roommate was speaking to. I opened the bedroom door to see who it was, and no one was there except for my roommate. I asked my roommate if he had any company, and he said no. This doesn't surprise me at all because... This was my third and fourth time hearing him speaking to someone else and no one is being there. I heard a woman in his room a couple of times and I heard a man. This was my daughter's first time hearing it, but we heard it again later that evening. When he came back into the kitchen, anyway, he ended up moving out. Back in mid-August, he left all of his stuff in his room, though. And I don't have any way to clear the room out because I don't have a truck. He ended up getting robbed. Let's see, I got to find this. He ended up getting robbed in the state that he had relocated to, and he called me to ask if I would send him his benefit card when it arrived in the mail. He hasn't been able to change his address yet. When he asked 
When he asked this, I mentioned to him that he had left me a mess in his room and it was going to cost me uh, time and money to clear it out and be able to rent the room out again. He volunteered to pay me a full month's rent for September. If I could send him this benefit card, I agreed to, but I felt so bad I told him that I owe him a favor if he did that because it was four hundred dollars i was more than what it was more than what would cost to clear out his room but i needed the money to pay rent so i took it anyway things didn't work out for him in the state that he went to to relocate and he ended up back here while having some health problems since he paid let's see i got a since he paid a full month's rent in September, I told him that I would give him a month free and he could move back into his old room. I didn't have a renter there, so has been back in the home for about five days now. Um, sorry, guys, I got to find this. Uh, now and last night, things started getting weird again. Since he has been gone, my child and I have been at peace, and things have really settled down. Last night, when my roommate went into the bathroom, my daughter came to me and said that she could hear scratching noise in the bathroom walls. While he was in there, the last night I was sleeping, I woke up to him going into the kitchen about midnight. Um... That, that woke me up, the sound of him clinging something in the sink, and then I could hear a conversation between two people that didn't sound like him. They were speaking directly outside the bedroom door. The only thing that I can remember them saying is, no, she is asleep or something like that. I opened my bedroom door to see who was out there, and it was just him, no one else. There was, after this, I went back to sleep, and I got woke up again by a very familiar feeling of entities messing with me. I kept feeling tickling vibrations on my face and body, and then it turned into a larger energy, felt going down, down, and around my body. Um, when his... Oh, hold on, guys. Sorry about this. I got to stroll. All right, when his um, sat up in my bed, I started praying and asked the Holy Spirit to come into my room and drive this thing out. I went back to sleep and didn't have any more disturbances. Anyway, I am positive that this has to do with my roommate because we haven't had any major problems since he left in the past. My daughter and I of a couple of other roommates have heard furniture moving around in his room while he was sleeping and voices coming from his room. I have had problems with the demonic on my own before he moved in the first time. But, 
uh, when he moved in. But I believe that I have gotten a handle of these things now, and I have to figure out what to do about this demonic problem. I'm not sure what to do, and I want to keep from having major problems um, like I was having before. And my child and I, please let me know if you can advise me in any way. What do you do when someone else is causing a disturbance in your home? I know that God can only help me with these, and I must trust and turn to Him. However else is supposed to have dealt with, what rules do my na- my roommates, demons, have to follow? If you have time, please let me know. Thank you very much. All right, so with that being said, here's the situation. All right, so you have a roommate that is talking to his imaginary friend. He has actually admitted to having an imaginary friend. Now, with that being said, the first thoughts that popped to my mind is one of two things. Either he's dealing with mental illness, such as bipolarism or schizophrenia, or he's actually hearing voices in his head. Now, let's make this clear. A lot of times when people have schizophrenia or bipolarism, they will actually hear voices in their head. But here's the thing that we have to look at. If the person writing this email is hearing voices too, then it's not just voices that is in the roommate's head that only the roommate can hear. These voices are audible, which means they are affecting the physical world in which we live in. So that would tell me that, yes, you are dealing with something possible demonic in nature. Now, with that being said, how do you deal with this problem? Well, the first thing we need to remember is demons have to have a right to someone, okay? They cannot show up in people's lives. They have to be invited in. All right, so this roommate has willingly, with his own free will, however, he has invited this entity in. The demon has a legal right to that person unless that person wants to break the legal right. What I'm saying is a second party cannot break a legal right that an entity has with a person. That has to come from that person's own free will. So in this case, the best advice that I can possibly give you is, you know, sometimes the right thing to do is not always the easiest thing to do. In this situation, you need to remove the roommate from your home, especially before it starts affecting you and your daughter. If you are having sensations while you're sleeping of tingling and something messing with you, well, then guess what? This thing is testing your will, all right? It's trying to test the waters and see if you're a good candidate or not for a possible oppression. See, it's important to understand that a demon can oppress more than one person at one time. And what it's doing is when it's trying to oppress someone, it's going to try to eventually possess someone. But you got to understand how demons work. They have a very specific way in which they operate. They're going to try to eventually possess 
the person that has the weakest will. Okay? So, my advice is this. Even though I know you don't want to because this guy or your roommate may not have anywhere to go, you have to get rid of that problem in your home. The reason being is because your home is your sanctuary, right? That's the place that you feel safe. That's the place that you let your guard down from the outside world. So, in fact, when we let our guard down, we actually run a risk of unintentionally inviting a demonic entity into our lives. So that is how I would solve that problem. All right, let's do number two. Some of these messages, guys, gets quite interesting. Here's an example. Hello, I have a demonic attachment from the underworld of America. She curses my long list of gifts and is a serious threat in my life. She has an evil eye on me day and night. She has special gifts that I taught her when I was younger. I would love to let you know about. She has affected my gifts spiritually, and I am left alone and defenseless. defenseless. She wants to steal my soul on death. I need a plan through this to prevent that. Oh, good Lord. All right, so where do we go with this? All right, so number one, um, so you have a demonic attachment from the underworld of America. That's definitely the first time I have ever heard this. What makes the underworld of America different than the underworld anywhere else? Beats me. I have no idea. All right, she curses my long list of gifts. So, if you have gifts such as psychic medium, um, empath, things like that, a demonic entity cannot curse your gifts unless it has a legal right to. Again, demons cannot enter into our lives unless they are invited in. Okay, so what do I mean by that? So in other words, a demon cannot just see you walking down the street and say, ooh, I want to oppress that person. Does not work that way. See, demons have a certain set of rules that they must follow. These rules cannot be bent. These rules cannot be broken. These rules cannot be manipulated. We call this the heavenly law. Okay, so a demon cannot do anything against our free will. So if we are being affected by what we perceive to be a demon, that means that we have invited it into our lives at some point. Now, here's a clue. She says that she has gifts. Okay, now, she doesn't really specify what her gifts are. So if she has gifts, maybe in the past she's dabbled in the occult. Maybe she herself has done a ritual of some sort, which would give a demon a legal right to be or enter into her life. Okay. Now, it says right here, she also says uh, um, she has special gifts. So demons have special gifts. So here's my thing. I'm thinking that maybe this person here at some point in her life 
was dabbling in the occult and witchcraft and so on and conjured up a specific demon that may have specific gifts that this person is interested in inquiring. All right, so she says that this is whenever she was young. All right, um, she has affected my gifts spiritually. So what she's saying is that this demon has now affected her gifts on a spiritual level. You know, that's usually what happens. You have to understand this. Demons are not our friends, okay? We cannot conjure them up and expect them to give us something without them receiving something in return. These things are quite witty, okay? They are way more intelligent than we are. So, in fact, they are going to get the better end of the deal. Trust me. They will give you something, but then when time is right then guess what? They will take it away from you, okay? Then they will try to oppress you, which will be to break you down mentally, physically, emotionally, completely isolate you to break your will till you get to the point to where you will eventually allow possession to happen, all right? So another thing that... um a key point that I find interesting. She says, she wants to steal my soul on death. Okay, so why are you saying that she wants to steal your soul on death? Have you made a pact with this entity? You know, have you sold your soul? You know, here's the thing about selling your soul. And you hear all of these stories about, you know, famous people making a pact with the devil, selling their soul to Satan, for fame and fortune and all of these things, you have to understand that's a smoke screen, okay? It's not true. A demon cannot, well, let me take that back. You cannot sell your soul. The reason being is because your soul is not yours to sell, okay? It's a lie that they will use. Now, if you die believing that you have sold your soul, then guess what? You will, in fact, Go straight to hell because they own your soul, okay? But if you understand while you're in the flesh and repent of selling your soul, then guess what? There's not anything they can do about it. You see, we have free will. Free will for us only exists when we're in the flesh, in the body. When we die, you can't repent. It's too late by then. It's, now, this goes back to the angels, all right, when Lucifer rebelled against God and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Okay, so angels have free will, just like we do. They can make a choice. However, unlike us, when angels make a choice, they are forever bound by that choice. They can never change their mind. They can never ask for forgiveness because they are of pure spirit. Okay, we live in the flesh which the Son of Christ, Jesus, was crucified for our sins, which gives us the ability to repent as long as we are in the flesh, okay? So, um, I need a plan of thoughts of this to prevent this. You know what? Here's my advice. Whatever you have done to, one, invite this thing into your life, two, you sold your soul, supposedly, all right, and she's affecting your gifts. My advice would, would be is I would break whatever right the entity has to me, okay? 
So all of the things that I've asked this entity to do for me in my life, I take it back. I rebuke this thing. Okay, I bind it. I send it to the foot of cross. I cut all ties with witchcraft, sorcery, the occult. I completely cut ties with it. You know, that is what I would do. Um, but, you know, with this right here, I really need a little bit more information than this. You know, a lot of times I get these messages and I can't really make heads or tell them. And some of them are way out there. Um, a lot of times it's very hard to gauge what's actually going on in someone's life by a simple email or a message through Messenger. It's always best for me to be able to have a phone conversation with them or, you know, have a Zoom meeting where I can actually see that person, pay attention to their body language, their eye movement, and so on. But, you know, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I received so many emails and so many messages from people seeking help. It is literally impossible for me to even respond to all of these messages. So what I usually do is I will actually read the messages and I will kind of go through and, you know, figure out which one is needs the most attention right now. And I'll deal with that, you know, because a lot of times, especially whenever it comes to spiritual warfare and demonology, you can, once you take on a case, you can't, take on another case. It's way too much to bear. You know, and unlike paranormal investigators and spiritual warfare and demonology, whenever you take on a case, you are going to be committed to this case for weeks on end until the problem is resolved. So, in fact, you will have a backlog of people waiting and needing your help that you cannot get to until you're able to solve the problems with the case that you are currently working on. And, you know, I come up with a solution a long time ago of how to actually deal with this problem. So some of you know I teach an online demonology and spiritual warfare course online. And each class that I have, once they graduate, I seek out the student that I feel has excelled the most throughout the course. And then I will approach them and ask them if they want to be associated with the Cajun ministry. You know, the Cajun ministry was set up for me to have people that I trust, that I trust with my name, you know, to take on these cases and help clients that live in different areas than what I do. So I'm very, very... Very, very cautious whenever it comes to accepting someone in to be associated with the Cajun ministry because of that. You know, it only takes for someone to do one stupid thing one time and it will completely ruin the name that you have worked so hard and the credibility that you have worked so hard to gain over the years. So, you know, with that being said, there are several students that I have given an invitation to to become part of the Cajun ministry. And um, one of my, my former students that I, her and her husband became associated with the Cajun ministry, she just actually finished um, and successfully performed her first exorcism. Um, 
But you know, I have to say I'm, I'm really proud of her because it, that was a big step and um, she made sure she'd done everything right. So my hat goes off to her. All right, so. All right, so let's read one more. All right, here we go. Hello, I need help getting a spirit out of my house. We've used sage and blessed the house. It made things worse. I can't get any sleep because it has started violating me at night. Can you help? All right, so right off the back, you know, she says that she used sage and blessed the house. Let me explain something to you. Sage, what exactly is sage? Okay, Sage is something that takes a environment or energy in a room and turn it positive. So they say. However, when you are dealing with a demonic entity, using sage is not going to expel it from the house. All it's going to do is, pardon my French, piss it off, okay? So... That is why she can't get any sleep because it started violating her. All right, so they use sage and bless the house. So when you're dealing with a demonic entity um, that is what you would call an infestation, which means a demonic entity is in the home, all right? You will have all the signs of a haunting. However, demonic hauntings get destructive really fast, all right? Um, when I use, whenever I'm going to exercise a house, I never, ever, ever use sage. I use frankincense. I use dragon's blood, those type of things, okay? Now, also, when you are exercising a house or blessing a house, most people don't understand the concept of taking something from the pure spiritual state and transferring it into the physical world in which we live in. All right, so what do I mean by that? Is a entity or a spirit is affecting us on both realms, okay? So the entity itself is spirit. It's a spiritual being. However, it's affecting the physical world in which we live in. So with that being said, we have to break the ties that it has in both spirit and in the physical world we live in. So let's think about this. What part of us is pure spiritual state? It's our thoughts, right? That is the pure spiritual side of us. That what makes me different than you, that's what makes you different than me. So the concept of spiritual warfare means exactly what it says, spiritual warfare. The battle has to take place in the spirit by our thoughts. All right, so... Then we have to transfer the, our thoughts into the physical world in which we live in. Look, here's the simplest way that I can explain of how to accomplish this. When we have our thoughts, okay, we visualize our thoughts, whether consciously or subconsciously. We have images or we visualize our thoughts playing out in our mind. That's taking something from a pure spiritual state and transforming it into reality in the physical world in which we live in. So when we engage in spiritual warfare, like exercising a house, so when we go into a room, you know, we, we want to say, I now cleanse this room of any and all demonic entities that wish harm upon me and my family. I cast you out. 
Okay, so as you're saying these words, visualize it happening in your mind because visualization is a very, very powerful key. See, the key to spiritual warfare is truly believing in what you're doing, right? So when we visualize something, all right, it becomes real to us because we're seeing it play out in our head, all right? We are engaging in the battle spiritually, with the images and the thoughts that we have in our mind, okay? So, the reason we say a prayer out loud is to also break whatever right it has on a home or a place in the physical sense. So remember, spiritual warfare, you have to walk on both sides, the spiritual side and the physical side. The spiritual side is our thoughts, our imagination, the physical side is the physical words that we speak. So that is how you engage in spiritual warfare on both fronts. Now, she says that this thing is violating her. So when we think about that, the first thing that pops in my mind is incubus or succubus, right? That is a sexual demonic spirit. Okay. Now, it gets really tricky whenever it comes to that because most of what people perceive to be incubus and succubus are a extension of someone's subconscious mind. Now, what do I mean by this? You know, it starts off as a fantasy, all right? And this person just plays this fantasy out over and over in their head, and they get obsessed with this fantasy. They visualize this fantasy in their mind, right? So they're playing into it. They're opening themselves up by this. So you have to think of this energy. Sexual energy is a primal energy. It's very, very powerful. So here's the thing about energy. It never dies. It just transforms itself from one state to another. So sexual energy is of a negative nature. All right. You just, just think of it that way. All right. So negative energy feeds or attracts more negative energy. So the human body gets to the point to where it can no longer sustain that energy. So then what happens is that energy goes out into a house that a person lives in, and it continues to grow, right? Until it gets to the point to where this energy becomes self-aware. It actually becomes an intelligent energy, all right? And it could affect people in many, many different ways. However, it's not a spiritual being. It is an extension of someone's subconscious mind. I always think of, try to explain it to people as it's an entity that you breathe life into. You give it life, okay, by energy. Now, how do you stop this from happening? First, you have to realize and recognize and accept that you are giving this thing life. Then you have to take that energy and you have to release it. And once you release that energy, then 99.9% .9 of the time, those type of hauntings are going to stop almost instantly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we have for this session. Again, I thank you very much for you guys tuning in. Until next time, good day.